And now, Bob Elliott and Ray Goulding present the CBS Radio Network. Perfect, perfect, Pierre. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you. You can uh, give the uh, Feasters the signal. Hello. That means uh, quiet up, does it? Oui, oui. Yes. Well, anyway, of course, you've all guessed that this was the Bob and Ray show. Oh, it's going to be. Oh, it isn't yet. Huh? It isn't yet. Well, in any event, it will be in a few moments as soon as uh, the great bird uh, says hello to all our friends. Midget, uh, how's the great bird? Is he uh, he's doing okay, good? Buddy. Thanks a lot. And uh, he's a little off his feet now, but uh, well, he's going to straighten out. Uh, you don't think there's going to be a recurrence of his past stillness, do you? Hey, look, uh, I wonder if I could uh, send out a suit now to play. Yes, sure thing. That's part of the deal. Well, right? Right. Okay, the audience is all set, so go ahead with the show. All right, well, we are going to talk to the audience a little bit later if we have time. Thank you, Wallace, very much. Is that his name? Yeah, I thought uh, we ought to find out his name rather than just keep referring to him as the uh, the Bob and Ray yeah. midget. Well, uh, what, did you, what were you saying, Bob, well, before I started saying this is another quality product of Bob and Ray Laboratories that you're about to listen to. Yeah, that's right. And how is the great bird, anyway? Is he fine? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Sounds perfectly all right. Pretty, pretty sound. Mm-hmm. Wally Ballou today is standing by at a filling station, and a very unusual filling station it is, too. It uh, is owned and operated by a woman. At least I gather that by the name of it. It's called Elsie's Filling Station. It's on Park Avenue here in New York City, right in the heart of uh, downtown New York. So, uh, Wally, uh, come in, please, with another remarkable on-the-spot interview. Elsie's Filling Station here on Saturday. This is Wally Ballou speaking from Elsie's Filling Station here on Park Avenue in New York City. I'm standing just below the hydraulic lift, which raises an automobile to a height of seven or eight feet so that the attendant can get underneath to lubricate the uh, parts that need lubrication. At the moment, no lubrication is going on here, and uh, someone is, however, seated in the automobile on the lube rack, as we call it. And I'm going to see if I can get a few words uh, from him. Will you yell down your name, please? Alan Poster. And, Mr. Poster, how long have you been sitting in the car on top of the rack here? Uh, I've been here uh, four days and three nights now. And uh, what I'm trying to do is to set an all-time world record for sitting in an automobile while on a hydraulic lift. Well, now, the record as I remember it, uh, and I'm not too sure of my facts, is six days, eight hours, and ten minutes. Yes, that was set back in the old days before they had a hydraulic lift. It was, uh, they used to have to crack the car up. But I think that with all the modern facilities uh, that we have nowadays uh, and uh, ways of getting food up to me, food and water and ice cream and grapes, that uh, 
I could stay here for at least uh, two or three weeks. So well, that's what I'm you certainly about. started out well. The only well. thing that I'd have to worry about is the pressure going out of the hydraulic system, and uh, that, of course, would be purely mechanical. Yeah. It wouldn't be my fault. But nonetheless, if well, you don't look down for any reason at all, it, uh, it certainly will not be a world record. Well, I don't... I mean, uh, in other words... Uh, if, if something happens that I don't say it, yeah. it cannot be directed, uh, I say. attributed to me directly, then it's uh, not your it's fault. Still not, uh, still not a record. I know. Uh, no matter what, what anyone says. Right. What I want to do is to set a world record that yeah. I stand, that I can be proud of, that my kids can be proud of. Yeah. But uh, other people uh, in years wow. to come, when they check the records, will know they did it honestly and fairly. That's all I want to do. Let me ask you this, uh, uh, Mr. Poster. Question. I know that uh, they also used to have uh, a device which uh, a car would drive over and the attendant would go down some steps into the pit. You know what the record for grease pit sitting is? Oh, I see. Uh, yes, I do. Uh, I think that uh, somebody sat in a grease pit one time for 11 continuous days. Over but, a 1928 Hupmobile. But that wouldn't affect your record here. You're, because right, you're right, on right, a right, hi- under. You're on a hydraulic lift and seven or eight feet up in the air. Tell me, how does Elsie feel about your uh, utilizing the the uh, mechanics of this uh, hydraulic lift uh, so that she can't uh, have cars greased here? Oh no, that's the guy's last name, Roland Elsie. Oh, it's a man. Well, we had our facts. Uh, don't uh, make that mistake oh, in front of Elsie. Uh, he'll mis- drop you. I mean, he's tough as nails. It's Mr. Elsie that, right, that yeah. we credit. Yeah, that's right. And so, this is Radio's highly regarded Wally Baloo from Elsie's filling station on Park Avenue, New York City. We're turning up to Bob and Ray. <laughs> okay, thank you, Wally, for another wonderful report from on the scene. I always try to let you in on something you may not have known about. I didn't you know what? There's any record like that. Uh, you can carry the fun with you with a Columbia Stereophonic High Fidelity Portable Phonograph. And uh, I'm looking at you there, audience, and uh, that is exactly what I mean. Now, uh, they have a selection of seven new portables in smart color combinations I don't think... Do you have a sample book, Bob, of the color combinations there? That we I, could, uh, I left the swatches back in the office. Right. Well, I tell you what you do. You go into the uh, Columbia dealer, and he'll be delighted to spend hours with you going over the color combinations of the new portables. And there's more quality and more features and more styling built into these new Columbia portables than ever before. But now, here's my announcer, Bob. <laughs> Well, I think you've said just about everything. Oh, I far just as you get. said uh, down through uh, C. Oh, I have down to go to D, E, F, G, and H. Right. <laughs> well, you get big console sound reproduced by Columbia Stereophonic High Fidelity Phonographs. And you'll thrill to excitement of Stereo One by Columbia, number one in the world of sound. Columbia Portables start at only $24.95. See them all at your Columbia dealer today. Never saw Wallace do that before. Time now for our Bob and Ray Good Neighbor Award for the month of August. And although the month isn't quite over, we've already discovered the one that we believe is most deserving. <laughs> 
Let's put it this way, Bob, that if anyone does a good deed in the remaining few days of August, they will have to be judged in September. That's all. Well, because we were so anxious to give this uh, award to uh, our lady guest, who's seated here with me now and who is going to tell her own story of the achievement which earned her the Bottom Ray Merit Award as a good neighbor for the month of August. Would you sign in, please, ma'am? Yes, Mrs. Mallory Stuckenhern Moth. Mrs. Moth, we heard about the good deed that you performed through the letter sent by one of your neighbors. I mean, I believe it was Mrs. Margaret Stuckenhern Moth. Yes, that's my... Is some relation? She's or? my sister. Mm-hmm. Yes. What was it that she wrote to us? Well, she wrote to you about the nice deed I did for the next door neighbor. This is the neighbor on the other side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Coburns. Well, anyway, the, uh, their house was on fire one evening, and uh, they came over. Mr. Coburn came over, fit to be tied. And uh, I should imagine. He came over to borrow uh, our hose, and uh, I couldn't find it. Uh, I was down cellar somewhere, and he didn't have time to uh, rummage about. So uh, I suggested that he take a bucket of water with him. I had a pail handy there. I see. You provided him with a pail. And an entire bucket full of water. And then I gave him a bottle of prune juice to throw on the flame. It was the only thing liquid I had around the house. The fire? Yes. The fire, of course, was raging out of hand (laughs) all this time next door. Then uh, I also gave him a glass of water... uh, keep his false teeth in. Uh-huh. I don't imagine he was thinking too much about that at the time, do you? Well, maybe Mr. Well, Ray, he does think of being things. a good neighbor, just He thinks same. of all those things. Mm-hmm. And then after the house had burned down, uh, that everyone just, Mr. Coburn lived there alone. He was fine, but the house burned down. Mm-hmm. And what uh, little they, uh, that he managed to save from the flame was sitting in front of the smoldering ruins. Yes. And uh, I gave him a shelter half that my nephew Lyle left there. An army shelter half, just half. Right. And then I gave him a box of marshmallows to hold over the embers of the fire so he could have a bite to eat. And wasn't there something about your inviting him into, the, uh, into your house where he could uh, find shelter until... He was able to rebuild his house. Uh, no. What I did for him was to move my TV set near the window so he could look in and watch it at night. Well, Mrs. Stuckenheim Moth, we certainly want to thank you for coming here today and telling your story in your own words. Well, it's a deed that I'd do again. And you certainly have proved that you were a good neighbor for August to Mr. Coburn out there, and we want you to have this... Pop-up toaster, symbol of the Bob and Ray organization. Well, if it's a symbol of the Bob and Ray organization, then that's one thing I'll remember. And uh, after the show, you can pick up uh, your toaster and a choice of toes uh, there at the back of the studio. Are they anything like the Columbia phonographs? I mean, the colors? Well, the colors are similar, yes. Mm, yeah. You'll probably get one to match your phonograph. All right. Thank you, Mrs. Tukenheimer. <laughs> that's uh, kind of a hard word to remember. Uh, or a name, I should say. Word Carr is out in Hollywood right now. Uh, he's talking with, you remember Barry Campbell, the famous movie star who's appeared on our show numberless times. 
Uh, he is out there now filming the new uh, movie, If Pain Persists. And uh, Word Car is standing by now, all set to interview uh, Barry on the set. Come in, please. Word Car. Thank you, Bob and Ray. Word Carr speaking on the set of If Pain Persists. And I'm talking with Barry Campbell, the star of the picture. And in just a moment, we're going to watch one of the crucial scenes uh, being shot. Barry, this is the uh, charge of the cavalry uh, scene, I believe. Oh, that's right. I see uh, all of the horses and the extras are lined up over there. Well, uh, this, uh, the extras, uh, number about 1,100 is uh, a tremendous cavalry charge here. Certainly and, an expensive uh, scene we're about to see uh, put on film. That's right. I'm, uh, I'm a lieutenant in the uh, 5th field flank of this, uh, this particular cavalry outfit. Stand by, everybody. Right, I'm going to... Get those extras <laughs> over there with them horses. We're going to shoot a... Everybody go when I say go. We have a... Uh, a uh, rather important uh, scene right now. A lot of action, very little to be All right, said. Barry, well, you just uh, go over and we'll follow with our microphone and listen. All right, ready on the set. All you extras and horses ready? Talk! Speak! Action! Father Ferguson, you're the first Ferguson in the fifth field flank to fail to fulfill the fundamental functions of a field flank front runner. Colonel Frisbee, that's a lawfully triggered... Uh, Hot! Uh, Hold it! Get the horses sorry, back! I'm sorry. That's okay, Campbell. We uh, don't make mistakes. We'll try it again. Tongue twister. Uh, all right. You got all the horses lined up for the other side. The extras... Horses are okay, yeah. Talk. Speak. Action. Action. I knew your father, Ferguson. You're the first Ferguson in the field flag to fail to fulfill the fundamental functions of a field flag front runner. Well, Frisbee, that's a fragrant... Come on, Campbell. Well, I'm sorry, sir. Now, well, once we'll get the extras and the horses back See, there. I say, Colonel Frisbee, that's a filthy, fragrant falsehood. All you say is, Colonel Frisbee, that's a filthy, flagrant falsehood. Bob and Ray. All right. Bob and Ray's announcer. Action. Turn it back to New York right away. This is Word Car, returning it to New York. And back here just in time, too. Gee, that was exciting. Until tomorrow. The end of that. This is Ray Goulding reminding you to write if you get work. Bob Elliott reminding you to hang by your thumbs. This is the CBS Radio Network. This is KMX.